You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and we've got a full house tonight with Dave and Drake. Gentlemen, it is Tuesday of game week as they're listening to this. Monday as we record it, but regardless, it is so close. I can taste it. Well, I don't know what else to say about it. I'm excited. You're excited. Stacy's excited. Holly's excited. And I'm happy to share it with y'all. How are we doing, gentlemen? Couldn't be better, Max. I mean, I'm going to say it every single day. It's game week. Haven't been able to say that in a long time. Haven't been able to say that and feel good about it in a long time. Oh, I feel great about it too, Dave. We are five days away. Jameis Winston days away from kickoff. I am stoked. It's excited to be here. I was upset I couldn't make the episode yesterday, but let's go. We got some depth chart to talk about. That's all right, buddy. We know you had work to do. And folks, before we dive into this depth chart talk, and this, by the way, is not our speculative depth chart talk, although maybe we should have gone back, checked our episodes out, and seen how closely our projections lined up. We'll do that later. We got Today, pretty close, actually. Did we? Good. Yeah. Mike Norvell dropped the depth chart that will govern the game, and we are going to talk about it. But before we do that, make sure you guys like, subscribe, review, follow, all those good things. We'll get into more details at the end because I'm ready to talk about this. I know my boys are champing at the bit to talk about this. Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton listed as the starters. Dave, you you got to talk yesterday, so Drake, you can go first, buddy. How do we feel about this? By we, I mean you. Your opinions, as everyone puts in Twitter, as if it's going to save them from getting fired if they say something bad, are your own. Yeah, retweets are non-endorsements, folks. Put that in Twitter bio. It helps you a lot with that. But my thing is with, I, it was in Dave's camp, I wanted Mackenzie Milne to be the starter because I personally am the of the belief that he is the better passer of the two, I think. Like we discussed how you thought that his that Jordan Travis's legs were so much of a bigger advantage, even though his arm wasn't as strong. I felt that you kind of you know overestimated how how much of a difference having a great quarterback back there in Mackenzie Milton would actually bring to this team, especially uh, accuracy wise with intermediate and deep throws. But I was of the opinion that if you don't practice for ten to twelve to thirteen days, you can't be named a starter if your entire premise of your program building is climb, get but one percent better every single day and show up to practice, whether you know you're injured, you're out, or you're sick. And also, we always forget that, and Miami has a similar situation right now with Derek King, that he hasn't played football, a competitive game, in almost two and a half years. So it's really, really, you're going to put this man for live action, his first game, against a team that went to the CFP last year, and when you have Jacksonville State the week after. So to me, it makes little to no sense to actually you know, have his first game back against basically a top five team when you can play an FCS opponent and see what you have with more with game speed, especially because... You can practice all you want with all live bulls, but until you actually play a real game, it's not going to be the same. I think that's that's a good point, and it's what we talked about yesterday, Dave and I. It's what is the expectation for this game, and we talked about how it's not a binary definition of success. Like You can win with the fan base or win against expectations without winning this game. Now, I do think it'd be a little heartbreaking if we lost by three because and McKenzie doesn't play, and then we're going to wonder, like, what if we played McKenzie Milton? I think if Jordan Travis has 160 yards rushing, then we're going to say, well, that's an irrelevant point because he wouldn't have made up for those with his arm. But that kind of remains to be seen. I agree. I think you have a guy who, again, hasn't played football in almost as long as he'd been playing college football before the injury. You, you, it's best to start him slow when you're not 
look, if we were in an Alabama situation like 2017, where this could be like a, a pre-match of a playoff match, I would be like, dude, I don't care where his head's at, put him out there. But I don't know what you gain from starting him. If you can start him slow against Jacksonville state, maybe he becomes a weapon and we can use him to beat UNC or Clemson. Yeah. I only want to make one observation. I think both of what you just said is right, obviously, but the fact that he is an or after missing 12 days of practice should give you some hope for how Mackenzie Milton has been playing in practice and what the coaches think of him. If he was that far behind, it wouldn't be listed as an or situation. I think you're going to see him in this game. I think you're going to see him a lot this season. And the fact that Jordan Travis's name is listed first, I don't think should make those Mackenzie Milton fans feel like, oh, we're not going to get to see it this year or Coach Norvell's all you know, already given up on him. I don't think that's what's happening here. Yeah, I will say, like, just a piggyback off of that real quick, I will definitely think that Mackenzie Mill will get some red zone work during the game. I think he probably takes maybe 10 to 15 snaps if we actually get in the red zone enough, but I think Jordan Travis, you probably see him take probably 80% of snaps for the game. But you're definitely going to have a lefty-only guy coming in. So that's that's Mackenzie Milton probably moving forward for this game. I will say I really hope we don't see Mackenzie Milton for the sole reason that if Jordan Travis is your starter, you're only going to see Mackenzie Milton probably – if his rhythm gets broken, he's not doing so hot, or we get into garbage time. So ideally, both of those get avoided. And, you know, I don't know. I like the Lugie idea. Maybe McKenzie comes in, like, right before halftime when it looks like a kneeling situation, pulls a Tom Brady with the fake knee and drops one into an end zone. Maybe there's a great passing down. Who, who knows? We could speculate that about that all day, but let's speculate about the rest of the depth chart. Gentlemen, what was your most surprising position group or most surprising single position that you saw in here with who's starting over someone else? I expected DJ Williams to be higher up the depth chart. I have loved everything I've seen from that guy. I think I named him my offensive player of the game for uh, the spring game. He's, he's the kind of power back that runs just with like an old school style. I know he's lost some weight and he's gained some quickness. He, I'm not sure that I wouldn't want him starting for us. So to see him buried as an or listed third under the tailback position was a little shocking to me. And I really do hope we see a lot of him in this game and moving forward. Yeah. I, I, so I'll say this real quick, Dave, I don't read much into the oars because there doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason to like how they're listed in the oars. So I kind of view him and Ja'Kai Douglas as equal where I found that odd was that, you look at running back as Jay Sean Corbin and Trey Sean Ward, but then you look at tailback as Toa Philly and Douglas and then DJ. Like to me, it would have made more sense for Trey Sean to be at tailback with those two and DJ yeah. to be up at the running back position with Jay Sean Corbin. I was actually going to ask, like, is the tailback more of someone like a Chris Thompson where they actually are much more of a receiving threat than an actual runner? Because I do know from a lot of practice in the spring game, we saw that DJ Williams actually has great hands and they're in this really good space. And we both, all, all three of us know how Lawrence Toafili is, once he has the ball in his hands, is a dynamic weapon. So do you think maybe that's the reason why they put him there instead of the running back spot? I will tell you the smartest thing I could possibly say to that question that is I don't know. I, we can speculate, but I, I genuinely don't know how Norvell divvies up running back and tailback. So I, I, I don't want to speculate on it. Sound dumb? To be oh no! Honest. I mean, I mean, I asked that. I, I'm not sure though. I mainly asked that because like Tony Pollard, the Dallas Cowboys running back now, who was at Memphis, was primarily a tailback, where he literally was running between tackles was not mainly his thing. But in Ooh. space, that man was a dynamic weapon. Well, yeah, but I mean, we've been at this point for about 20 years in football. Like as the eye formation has become less and less. You've seen kind of a 
uh, what's it called? An interchangeability between the terms tailback, halfback, running back. I, I don't think I've seen on a depth chart, unless it was like this last year, and I just don't remember, them split up running back and tailback. Those, I think, have typically been interchangeable. So I... I don't know. It's a it's they bizarre did that, terminology. Like, towards, to me. towards the end of the year, not the first did depth they? chart they dropped, but like towards the end of the year, yeah, they put tailback in there. Yeah, but it, just judging by the personnel, I think you're right. I think the running back is probably the one that's blocking on passing downs, and the tailback's probably the one catching screens and and going out and you know running routes. I want to get to the rest of the depth chart, but before I do that, folks, sweat block. Oh man, tell you what, this is a lifesaver. I only read ads to y'all that I actually use myself. If I don't use it. I'll have someone else read it. Sweat block is phenomenal. I hit it last night. You got to do it once a week. So I took a shower last night, Sunday. I hit my sweat block. They actually say, I read the box that you you should use clippers and like buzz the armpits down a bit and then wait 24 hours and then put it on. I didn't do that. I, I just have regular armpits or whatever. But anyway, I hit it with the wipe, woke up this morning, went to the gym, came home, showered, and there was a noticeable drop in participation. Sorry, this isn't the uh, the uh, Bishop Sycamore online classes here. There's nothing wrong with participation. There was a lack of precipitation. No. What's the word? Perspiration. There's on, a man. lot of words Woo. out there floating around, guys. There words are hard. Words are hard. Words are hard. Words are hard. There was less perspiration than there was on Sunday because that's when I was hitting my sixth day. So folks, if you want to stay dry, I'm talking like middle of the desert dry, sweat block. It's the move. Go to sweatblock.com, go to Amazon, go to CVS. If you hit sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. And now that I've told you how to stop sweating, you can finally go fix that car. If you need to fix it, go to rockauto.com. Look, they've got a great selection. They've got low prices. They'll get it to you quickly. But the best part about Rock Auto is just how easy it is to navigate. It's so simple to get around that site, find the part you need, and get the right thing. A caveman can do it. So, folks, rockauto.com, Tom Locked On sent you. All right, gentlemen, we've got a whole depth chart to get to. So, Drake, let's go ahead and get your position or position group that you were most surprised by when you first looked at this thing. Uh, So, I was most surprised by, quite honestly, the safety spot, mainly because I did not expect Brandon Gant to be the starter of buck safety. My concern mainly with that is that we saw if he's – if he's isolated too much on an island in coverage, he's kind of a liability mainly because he doesn't have the lateral quickness or the hip movement that we want to see in a safety. And also that Bernardo Green isn't starting at either spot right now. Right now we have Akeem Dent and Brendan Gann, and Bernardo Green, when fully healthy, is our best safety. Hands down, no questions asked. So this kind of leads me to believe a little bit that maybe the injury concern that we had for him at the end of last year that caused him to miss five, six games, maybe still isn't fully healed yet. So hopefully that's not the case, but... Or maybe they're trying to play some tricks, but that's definitely the most surprising to me. So that makes sense. What I think is I think Jarian Jones is still having injury trouble. Is my Here's my guess. And Danny and I, who you all hear from on our Saturday special, the gambling special, we, we talked for about 30 minutes today and we developed this theory. And I, I, it's the best thing I can figure is that Jarian's probably not 100% or they're doing like we said with Milton and they want to try to wait till Jacksonville State to give him that live game action. And the plan is probably to put Travis J at your corner slot. Then when Jarian gets healthy, bump him up to corner, bring Travis back to safety, and then have Akeem Dent and Travis J be your safety. And if Renardo Green gets healthy, you can toss him in there. See, I was about to say, because like apparently from Al reports, is that Travis J has been exclusively at corner for the majority of like fall camp. 
Well, because I think that's where they've that's where they've needed him because of oh, where you think they so? have you the think bodies. It's a need type of thing. Oh, okay. Because like, yeah, I, think- I think the plan is always going to be you're eventually going to want Travis Chance safety. Like I, I imagine he's a great corner, but when I look at the roster, not necessarily this. I think you have so many talented corners that can do one-on-one coverage, but you only have a few guys, and I think it's a Keem Dent, a healthy Renardo Green, and a Travis J that can really play the safety position and do it really, really well. Yeah, so you I, know, Drake, Drake. I just want to say. It could also be that Brennan Gant has made some big strides. And if that's the case, we have an awful lot of DBs that are hella talented and could have big years. I think I said Travis Jay was my defensive player of the year preseason. And I'm really excited to see what him and Akeem Dent have, have in store for us. And then, you know, I, we love Jarvis Brownlee here. If Brennan Gant's listed as a starter, I assume it's because he's earned it. I don't think the coaching staff is just going to list people for funsies. So... A lot of good names here. Could be some name syndrome going on. We talked about this a long time ago. Yeah. Really hope not. But it looks good on paper. Yeah, I just mainly say that because I know that Travis J primarily played corner in the high school level. I think he played yeah. more safe. I see, like, what you think right and now is he playing. And, and quarterback. He had a great arm. Yeah. But, like, I think where you're thinking is that he's playing corner out of necessity right now due to injuries. I think the opposite, except for just the other, other way around. That's kind of how where my thinking is with that. No, it could totally be, man. I think it remains to be seen. I like Jamie Robinson in the nickel back there, but we've heard some great things about Kevin Knowles as well, redshirt freshman. I want to point out one thing before I get to my biggest surprise. Have y'all counted real quick and noticed that if you include ORs, there are only two starters on this entire depth chart, or three, I'm sorry if you count ORs, three stars in this entire depth chart that definitely won't be here next year? Yeah, it's pretty good. A lot of, lot of young players on there, and... Fortunately, the offensive line, and I'm sure we'll get to that, has a couple couple players on there who aren't freshmen. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think 60% of the two deep are either people that are freshmen or in year two, which just shows yeah. that this team is we, – we talked about like all last year how the team is so young. This team is hella, hella young, so it's going to be either a good or a bad thing come this coming year. Yeah, and speaking of young, I mean, my biggest surprise, which I think – was a surprise to almost everyone is DJ Lundy over Steven Dix Jr. I mean, yeah, I, wow. Yeah, I, y'all same. know I'm probably the biggest DJ Lundy fan on this podcast because I just, I think he's terrifying and I like scary people to be on my football's de- team's defense. But like, I didn't think he'd start over, over Dix. I mean, I don't know. I, do we think that that's a regression by Dix or do we think that that's like progress by Lundy or have y'all heard anything like what, give me something on that. And, and also give me something on this. Like, I, I don't understand why when they're both listed linebacker, Steven Dix is backing up Lundy and you have Cortez Andrews backing up Deloach. So out of Deloach and Lundy, I'm surprised that neither Jadarius Green McKnight or Steven Dix beat out one of those two. Like I'm surprised those two are backups and those first two are starters. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I suspect again that DJ Lundy earn that role again I don't think the coaches are just throwing out names at random I I assume he's improved enough this offseason that he's earned that starting spot but again I don't think it's going to be a situation where that means he's going to play 75 percent of the snaps I think you're going to see a lot of interchangeability between the two and just like the quarterback position I don't know that it matters so much who's listed as the starter I think you're still going to see a lot of Steven Dix because you saw a lot of flashes last year and a lot of good to expect as he, as he uh, gets older here. I hope we see a lot of Dix because I've, I don't know. I've been loving Dix all off season. I love Dix last season and I don't know. I hope we see Dix a lot during this game. 
I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of dicks for the foreseeable future. But I think more the important thing to see is that Kalen Deloach finally cracked the two deep. And that's something that we've been waiting on since, I think, 2019 when he committed here. That he was supposed to be the next big linebacker, like, coverage-wise and size-wise. And now that he's actually, you know, he thinks he's playing the Mike spot, I think D.D. Lundy, I think that's the Will spot from what I've been hearing from reports and everything, that it's really big. And honestly, I think it's more important that we see – one thing we're definitely going to have to look at, because I don't understand Dix over Lundy, mainly because Lundy, I think I've said it before, I think he's more, his future is at the fullback spot. You mean Lundy spot. over Dix? Yeah, Lundy over Dix, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I think my, in my opinion, Lundy's future in the, with the team is at the fullback spot, because he left a lot to be desired for the linebacking thing, so I'm going to also be looking and see how many snaps those two share that, that entire game. I, dude, I will say this, though. I think the raw athleticism with Lundy was... Really exciting. Oh, it, it, oh, it's dope. So if he's learned a lot of football, I, I don't know, man. And, and I will, I said, here's, here's, here's how I've sold this to myself. A, I've heard from multiple people that Kalen Deloach is far and away the best linebacker in coverage in the, on this team. Like it's not even close. Apparently he's had a great camp with that. So I look at it and I wonder is like, is Dick's too much of a tweener? Like, do they want their, their first linebacker spot here where Lundy is you see he's a good 15 pounds heavier than sticks to be more of their big bruising run stopper. And then they want a coverage linebacker out there. So you get Deloge. Then you got your field or your, uh, or sorry, you got your stud, which I guess is your strong side linebacker that kind of goes over. Gainers obviously got that spot locked down being the most athletic linebacker on the team. I wonder if it's just a, if it's a, like less of saying these any of these guys are better than Dix and just like he doesn't necessarily fit the total scheme they're going for there. That might be the case because I think we're moving to a four-two-five, right? Anyway, so yeah. I don't think we're going to see three linebackers out on the field most of the time. I think that's why you see actually we have a nickel. I think the ors are a corner for Travis J and Jaron Jones because I think they're both going to be on the field at the same time, which I wouldn't be surprised that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, you look at, and that's why, if you notice, we have 12 starters listed here on defense, excluding ORS because of that, right? Like, yeah. that's why. So I think what you'll see is you'll see, all right, we got Jermaine Johnson at the end. Well, let me start from, let me start from the nose tackle. So you have your nose tackle. He'll be in like a zero or a one technique on either side. And then I imagine you'll push the next D tackle. Shout out, by the way, Dennis Briggs for, uh, for not only breaking the rock, but becoming a starter. We've been really high on him on this program. He's one of those that we can take. And I think we can claim credit for being the first podcast on the Dennis Briggs hype train. Like we've been on that hype train for two months now. If you, uh, if you aren't on it, get with it. You know what? Let me, let me walk everybody through this in just a second, just so that way we get it out of the way, folks, this is going to be a huge weekend. Florida state does not play on Saturday. Therefore, you get to watch every other game in college football. And because we love you, we got professional gambler Danny Domino at 18 underscore Wheeler with three E's like W-H-E-E-E-L-E-R on Twitter to come on our show. And we're going to have a very special Saturday episode for you. But before you can take advantage of those picks, you got to go to betonline.ag, make your account with promo code locked on. That way you get a 50% welcome bonus. Might be up to 100% now. To be honest, I got to double check. But you get free money, and there's no money better than free money. So go to betonline.ag, make your account. We'll have our show lock ready for you guys tomorrow. That, by the way, went 1-0 this past weekend. And then we'll have Danny Domino on Saturday telling you who to pick, but you got to have your betonline.ag account. Sign up now. Thank me later. So, yeah, so I, so I think, look, you have your nose tackle and Fabian Lovett, Robert Cooper, your other defensive tackle. We've got Dennis Briggs listed as the straight-up starter. 
I guess Jermaine Johnson goes to the boundary side at defensive end. You have the Fox is going to be Kier Thomas. And then you'll put probably if it's a running down, you'll probably have Lundy over him with Amari on the field. And then you'll have, you know, Travis J, Gannett, Buck, Dent, and then Brownlee. When you go back to your passing packages and you want to bring in a nickel, you've got Jamie Robinson. You probably take out, probably put in Kalen Deloach instead of Lundy. I think you take out Gaynor, actually, because Gaynor was a live build in coverage last year. And I think the game against UNC, Gaynor played the least amount of snaps and because we played a lot of nickel that game. It's true. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense to me. But anyway, so... Those were our biggest surprises. Uh, I kind of I spoiled it already by talking about Dennis Briggs, but what were y'all's like biggest moments of vindication of like you were excited to see someone starting that maybe you had been supporting that other people maybe hadn't seemed to buy into as much? Uh, Drake, we got to have the same one here, right? I think we have the same one. It's got to be Marie Smith starting at center over Bavion Johnson. Look, Not only that, Dave, we got the entire offensive line right. We did. I'm really proud of us. Yeah, five stars for us. But, I mean, look, we've had Bavion Johnson here. I mean, Jesus Christ, it seems like since Jameis was still in high school. Doesn't it feel like that? I've seen plenty enough. He's a a six-year senior, so he's been here since 2015. He can almost rent a a car, right? (laughs) He might be able to. I think he might be able to, right? Like What's the age? Like 24? Six years? Yeah, no, he's probably 24 years old. Yeah. Look, I, I'm really glad we have him here as veteran depth, but there's a reason he was beat out by a redshirt freshman. I'm really excited to see Mo Smith snapping the ball and not snapping it over people's heads and not doing taps on the helmet. I'm, I'm real good there at that center position. And we have Devontae Love-Taylor at a guard spot without an or designation behind it. So that, to me, leads me to believe that he's going to be not fully healthy, but as close to fully healthy 100% as he can be starting there. And also that, like I think Max mentioned it before, that Dylan Gibbs isn't coming in the best shape and that he locked down a left guard spot. I'm actually, our interior line, I'm excited for. And then Robert Scott, you know, who I think is low, slowly becoming my favorite player just from all the videos. I mean, that kid's hilarious. Dude, he's, hilarious. He's, he's so he's, he's so funny, the country, the country boy accent. And like, our line, I'm, I'm actually just super excited to see how these kids are going to do this year. Yeah, look, I think it's all relative, right? I think you have a combined, what, hang on. Nah. You have a combined 10 years left in your starting five. That's pretty awesome when you see that, right? You're going to get Dylan Givens back next year. You have Scott is a redshirt freshman. Moe's a redshirt freshman. Washington's a redshirt freshman. I, I, Dude, I love to see that. And we've been talking about how much this line needs to be turned over. So now you've got Right tackle, Darius Washington, redshirt freshman starting over a redshirt junior. You've got center, Marie Smith, redshirt freshman starting over a redshirt senior. You've got left tackle, Robert Scott, redshirt freshman, backed up by another redshirt freshman, Lloyd Willis, who I'm super high on, I think, is turning from like a project into like still a project, but they're seeing that, hey, we might get an A on this project down the road. So, I'm, I'm dude, I'm yeah. super excited about the youth on this O-line. That yeah, now, let, I, me, let, I, let me couch that for a second. That doesn't mean they're going to be world beaters this year. That means I'm excited yeah. about the youth, but keep in mind, like they are young. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. Telling, I think I'm telling the, you guys, telling the listeners that. I yeah, know no, you know, I think that's the proper way to do it, though. Yeah, and you know, I'm also not giving up on Dante Lucas yet. The kid's super talented, and I still think if he has to see the field, I think we could be worse off. But 
the fact, like you said, Drake, that our guards and our center play should be really solid. I, I'm again, I'm I'm really happy with what we have at the tackles, but I'm really excited to see the inside run game this year with Jay Sean Corbin. I think that sets up really well for his power running style. Yeah, I think this line should be good at at run blocking. But let me ask both y'all before we get out of here. Let's play the injury bug game because oh, no. we can't end on a good note. Which of these of these positions on offensive line scares you most if the starter goes down? Like, where do you think the biggest liability is? Left tackle, because if Robert Scott gets hurt, I I can I think the way they would do it is they wouldn't put Lloyd Wills at left tackle. I think they would move Devonta Love Taylor over to the left tackle spot, yeah. which he you know he did fine at, but the problem is like he's better at that right guard spot. Mm-hmm. You would then what you would bring in probably Bavion Johnson, who did decent, but. It's just a domino effect. It's not the best line you can put out there. So to me, it's a left tackle spot, which hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's the worst case scenario. That's, what that, that's definitely a possibility. That may be right, but I'm still going center. I Look, we saw enough good from Mo Smith last year that I just don't want to see more of Babion starting on this team. I don't, we already have, we already have enough pass blocking issues from last year and the years before. And we said we wouldn't talk about it, but Matthew drove us down this dark hole just now. It's your I fault. Don't need, Sorry, I guys. Don't need, Everything's my I, fault. I don't need to see the quarterbacks running 10 yards behind them, chasing a football anymore, running for their lives. Don't want them getting hurt anymore than they both already have been. Please, God, most Smith, stay healthy. So, folks, thank Max for ruining the moment and possibly the entire evening with that question. No, yes. I think it was a good question. And let me tell you the position that I am most excited about is the two guards because I think that between Dylan Gibbons, Dante Lucas, Devontae Love-Taylor, and Bavion Johnson, we finally have like a legitimate two deep at both guard positions because I think all four of those guys could play guard better than any of the four guys, including their own selves from last year, played the guard position. Yeah, to be clear, Bavion at guard, I think is just fine. That he's is a not damn a good guard. guard. He's a oh, solid, though. He's a block. solid guard. He, doesn't he even just think sucks snapping. at snapping the football. Yeah. yeah. So, look, there's a lot to be excited about with this depth chart. There are some question marks, and we're going to spend the rest of the week answering them. So, folks, make sure you stay tuned in to Locked on Seminoles every day of the week, five days a week, actually six this week, because we got a special Saturday episode for you. You keep listening, we'll keep talking. I'm Max, that was Drake, that was Dave, and this was Locked on Seminoles. Go Parker Gore House. Easy for Yeah, yeah, yeah.